John Gambadero, Dave Burns, the Burns and Gambo Show, live from the Action Community Studios. Five o'clock hour here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. In the three o'clock hour, it was time for our exclusive weekly conversation with Steve Kime, general manager. And his comments on Kyler Murray have already gone national, basically. I saw a link on profootballtalk.com. They picked up a story that Darren Urban from azcardinals.com wrote about our conversation with Steve Kime, in which he said about Kyler Murray, quote, it's really in his hands. And if he's comfortable enough to play, I'm sure he'll go. If not, we feel very confident in Colt, close quote. Yeah, you would imagine that's one of those decisions that they all make together. But I think if they feel like the trainers and the medical staff says, okay, we're we're comfortable with him playing, then it's really up to Kyler to say, I want to play. You would think if the decision comes down to Kyler, he's playing. He sounds like he's, didn't Cliff say something about, it's not fun to be around him right now. He did say that. It's not fun to be around him because Kyler Kyler wants to play. Kyler doesn't want to miss these games. He doesn't want to sit out. He wants to he wants to play. So, you know, yeah, so Cliff hinted at that. You no, know, Cliff, yeah, he's like, it's just he's no fun to be around. Yeah, he he's play. not that fun to be around currently. So <laughs> he wants to be out there and um, he wants to be playing and um, that's the competitor he is. Yeah, he was kind of giving off a – he being Kyler was giving off kind of a grumpy vibe the other day about not being able to play. So, uh, well, look, he was at practice today. It was the first time he had practiced all week long. That in and of itself is a good sign that he was back on the practice field today. I imagine they'll put him through the paces again on Sunday, and if everything looks good, feels good, you might see Kyler Murray back. If it's not, and if it's Colt McCoy – then everyone obviously is comfortable with that because of how Colt McCoy played last week against San Francisco. You asked Steve Kime about the decision to go get Colt and whether that was due in particular to how last season ended with them losing with Chris Strebler as their backup. It doesn't say anything about how we felt about uh, Strebler because we really do like him, but um, I think we all can learn from self-evaluation and when you take a step back and uh, certainly take a deep breath and take a look at you know where you can improve, um, there's no doubt that, that we felt like his experience would, would, would benefit us in, in a number of ways. Not only if, if Kyler went down, but to have a second set of eyes for for Kyler you know when he comes off the field in the film room I was a big fan of that answer yeah because of the self-evaluation part the the looking in the mirror and going you know what our backup quarterback last year just wasn't good enough let's go do better and they did yeah and that's what you try to do all the time right you look at you know you look at positions and say can we get better can we get better at this position that was a position they looked at and they we could get better now when they got Colt McCoy there was a lot of talk about who could they get as a backup quarterback and we were looking at when it was Colt McCoy, it was like, you know, that that's a good name. Like, that's a solid name. Solid name, yeah. Solid, solid name. Lots name. of experience. He's started some games. He's played enough games. He's been around the league long enough. You can win a game with that guy. Now, you know, you listen, so you can judge every backup quarterback and what team's got a better backup. You just want a backup quarterback that gives you a chance to win football games. Yeah. And it's better to go with somebody that has had some experience and some success than a guy who hasn't had any experience. And that's what they were face it with Strebler, nothing against Strebler, but he just didn't have the experience to win that game last year where Colt McCoy would have won that. I, he would have won that game last year, and they would have been in the playoffs. You said that on Monday, and I have no doubt that you're right. If Colt McCoy was on this roster last year, I think they would have won that Week 17 game against the Rams when he had to come in. I, 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 think it's, I remember thinking this last week, and I might have even mentioned this on the show on Monday, about how 
Colt McCoy, James Conner, in the moment when the Cardinals signed them, we thought, okay, good signings. I mean, we we weren't We'd like never know. We weren't going overboard in our praise for those. We're like, yeah, all right, that's that's good. You know, you got them on the cheap and not paying a lot of money for two solid. But but it's not like we were going, oh wow, the Cardinals just got James Conner. Oh my God, they just got Colt McCoy. Of course not. Right. And yet, those were two huge acquisitions as it related to what happened last week. McCoy's already been worth every dime that they paid him. Oh, 100%. He won him a game that put them ahead of everybody else, right? Because Green Bay lost and Dallas lost. He's been worth every penny they paid him in one game. That's think- all if he doesn't play another game, he's worth every penny they paid him. Yep. Um, Eno Benjamin, and we had Eno on the show earlier this week, and a lot has been made about how Eno transformed himself after his exit interview with Cliff and Steve at the end of last season. The the phrase, hanging by a thread, was exactly how Cliff described Eno's status on the roster. So we asked Steve, what exactly was that exit interview like? Eno was a guy that you know you saw last year, and uh, when you scouted him, you saw when the ball was in his hands, he had some special run skills. Um, but there were other things when it comes to attention to detail, whether it's pass protection, um, getting in your playbook, uh, all the little things that it takes to be a pro uh, were areas maybe where he could have improved and, and just made it crystal clear to him. If, if those things don't change and you don't improve in those areas, um, you're going to be on the streets. And it's, it's going to be unfortunate because you have a lot of talent. And, and that's the hard thing for me is when I see guys that have talent that maybe don't quite get it, and then, you know, the worst thing in the world to me that you can ever do is sit back one day and look at the opportunity you had, and it's a shoulda, coulda, woulda thing. And that's that would be painful. Not a bad guy. Just had to do some of the little things more aggressively, and he has taken off. Now, one of our listeners, David Pretzer, I believe, pointed to this, this out to us for both of us on Twitter, that isn't it interesting that Eno, an ASU guy, kind of had to have a little come-to-Jesus kind of moment with Steve. And Brandon Ayuk last week admitted he kind of had to have his own little moment like that. Oh, I'm not practicing well enough? I'm not practicing the right way? I was practicing wrong? So the point is, couple of ASU why are they not prepared? Like, why do they not know how to prepare? Are they not being... You know, coach at ASU had to prepare. Is that, that that could be? I don't know. It's a correlation I wouldn't have made until the listener, until David pointed it out. That here we are. We've got two ASU guys who, you know what? They just weren't quite up to speed. They weren't. They weren't quite getting what it is we needed them to do. And I don't know if I would have made that connection on my own without bringing that up. But we that was the that was the topic of conversation last week with Ayuk, and that's what. Steve said about Eno today, and I thought that was an interesting time. If we get somebody, if we can go back and see if somebody said that about Nikhil Harry, we may be onto something here. <laughs> uh, one last one from Steve on Hassan Reddick and looking back on letting Hassan Reddick walk. I love Hassan Reddick, and I'm I'm so happy for him. You know, towards the end of his career here, um, you know, I feel like he he really came on, uh, as we all know. And probably the hardest part of my job is is deciding where we're going to allocate our money. And we we would have liked to have Hassan back, but it it didn't work out for a number of reasons. But uh, you know, he he is a guy that plays hard, and he's fast, and he's explosive. He's got the ability to rush the passer. And again, we're all seeing that, uh, and have seen that the last couple years. But you know, again, really happy for him because I certainly have emotional attachments to him, and uh, really would love for him to have a lot of success other than maybe this Sunday. That's why I said yesterday, let's see how this plays out because there's still a lot of games left to be played. What does Chandler Jones want as a free agent? What is he willing to accept? 
Do you feel like, you know, Hassan Reddick could give you more? I mean, you're going to be out there looking for a pass rusher. Yeah, Chandler Jones, a free agent, unless you tag him, you know, and who knows if J.J. Watt will be able to come back in, you know, next year. You, you need a pass rusher. Yeah. So would they trade it? Would they allow Chandler Jones to leave and bring back Hassan Reddick? I think there's a possibility that could happen. One other quick note about Chandler Jones. Did you see today that he was fined by the NFL $10,300? For the shirt? For the T-shirt. What a joke. It's a joke. What a joke. That is awful. So dumb. What did they say about it? Did did they say anything? I'd have to click on the link here. He honored a former player who just died, and he got fined 10 grand? Yeah, he got fined 10 grand. Um, God. It's so I mean, an equipment violation, basically. So petty. Yeah. It's just so petty. Yeah. What equipment? How's a t-shirt equipment? <laughs> it's what you're wearing That's when, not equipment. It's what you're wearing on the field, I guess it counts. It's, it's under. It's under his violation. jersey. It's under. Stupid. Just uniform violation. He's honoring dumb. a former player who just died recently yeah. with a shirt. Wow, just so petty. Win tickets to see Everclear on November 19th at Celebrity Theater. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. Your chance to win. Phoenix Suns, yet another important matchup tonight against a young and improving Memphis Grizzlies team. We'll get you set for it next here on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo. Time for the Vizzy Hard Seltzer. What's on tonight? Games we're going to watch brought to you by Vizzy Hard Seltzer. The only hard seltzer crafted with antioxidant vitamin C. Proud sponsor of your Arizona Diamondbacks. There is a lot to watch tonight. Coyotes at Blackhawks. Faceoff there is at 6.30. U of A basketball tonight. They're taking on Texas Rio Grande Valley at 7 o'clock. Grand Canyon is in action tonight. They're taking on North Florida. There is college football tonight. There's top 10 college football on tonight as fifth-ranked Cincinnati is beating South Florida 21-7 to right now with about three minutes to go in the second What's the score in that one? 21-7 Cincinnati. Right. It'd be nice for them to win a game by more than like four points. Yeah, right? And, and right? give themselves a little margin for error. Yeah. Uh, and if college football is your jam this weekend, there are a couple of very important games, the two that really pop. Well, there are three that really pop. Oklahoma versus Baylor. Oklahoma's got a chance to really start moving up the rankings because their strength of schedule now is gets, really tough. Yeah, and now this schedule they haven't played anybody yet, yep. right? Nobody, everybody's kind of criticizes criticizes that schedule. Yep, but it does get a lot more difficult over these next few weeks. That changes this weekend with Baylor. They still have Iowa State. They still have Oklahoma State to deal with, and then the other one is Purdue versus Ohio State. And I only bring that up because Purdue has broken a lot of hearts in the Big Ten the last They're couple good. of weeks. They're good. They are Now, They're if they good. were at home, I think I would take them. I think I'd take them at home. On the road at Ohio State is going to be tough. It is. But they are a very good football team, and I've seen them play a little bit. So I, I, they could give Ohio State a scare. I predicted last week they would beat Michigan State. Yeah, they've beaten. I'm not going to go that far now, yeah, okay. but I— no, I won't go that far. I did say last week, last Friday, they're going to beat Michigan State. Yeah, Michigan State went down. Uh, they took Iowa down when Iowa was, I think, the second-ranked team in the country. So Purdue's kind of a dream killer out there. And then, of course, the third is Oregon's game against Washington State. Now, that game's in Eugene, but Washington State's kind of 
Like a box of chocolates. They're kind of hard to figure out. You don't really know what you're going to get with Washington State, right? I watched them against ASU. Man, they were up 28 nothing in that game. They cruised to that victory. That was an easy win for them. Yeah, listen, if you feel like Oregon's going to screw up somewhere, I mean, you just you watch these games closely. I mean, can Oregon run the table? The, the percentages are no. Now, a lot of people think it's because they're going to have to play Utah twice, including once in Salt Lake. Yes. That if they're going to screw I, up, that it's going to be that game right there. But, one of, like, but the Pac-12 is hanging on a thread hoping that Oregon can run the tables, and it's not going to be easy. All right, so that's what's uh, – and then, of course, saving the, the last for last, uh, the Phoenix Suns are in action tonight. They're taking on the Memphis Grizzlies, and I'm saving them for last because that's what we're going to talk about here. Suns taking on Memphis tonight. Uh, it, the Grizzlies, 6-5 and five to start the season, so the win-loss record isn't going to, like, knock your socks off or anything. But John Morant is a singular special talent. I think Monty Williams in his pregame media described him as Allen Iverson, but even more athletic in terms of his his quickness, his hops, his everything. Um, John Morant is terrific. They won't have Dylan Brooks tonight. I wasn't aware of that until you pointed it out. Uh, But this is a really nice test for the Suns on the road against a really good young basketball team. Yeah, they're not going to have Brooks just because they're just going to give him a break. They got a game tomorrow, so they're going to rule. They ruled him out for the Suns game tonight. Not that he had a setback or anything, but they just don't. They don't. The ramp up. It's all about the ramp up for them. He did debut against Charlotte. He had twenty point six assists, four rebounds. So, and he came off the bench. Uh, for them, so not having him, I think will be that that'll help the Phoenix Suns. I think Stephen Adams was questionable. Uh, I, I don't know if there's been an update on that. So you know, you're looking at a potential lineup of John Morant and and Jaron Jackson Jr. and DeAnthony Melton and Desmond Bain and Stephen Adams if he starts. And it's a pretty good team. That Desmond Bain, the Suns really liked him in the draft. They did like Desmond Bain, um, so he gives them something. You've talked about the Anthony Melton who was traded in the 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 uh, Josh Jackson deal for yep. Javon Carter. He was in that deal. They like him. He's he's stuck there. And then Jaron Jackson Jr. is just a terrific player. The thing with Memphis is that they rank last in the league in defense. They're not a very good defensive team. So the Suns could, you know, knock down some threes and, and have one of those high scoring games because they do struggle defensively. Yeah, and Jaron Jackson, I, I like he's a good young player. Shooting wise, he's kind of off to a slow start this year. He's only shooting about thirty eight and a half percent, but he is a considered to be a good young player kind of up and comes. So this is Nice test for the Suns, and I haven't seen any updates from Memphis in terms of Steven Adams, but I do have an update from the Suns as it relates to DeAndre Ayton and Landry Shamit. And that update, I'm just refreshing my page here, sorry for the delay. Yeah, no DA. Is that DA is not going to play, uh, and that Landry Shamit will play tonight. So DeAndre Ayton is out, Shamit will play. Yeah, it's, so this is, now they've gone three games in a row without DeAndre, they won all three. So they've won three games in a row. Now, uh, part of that is because of JaVel McGee and Frank Kaminsky. Big Those time. guys have been absolutely fantastic. You know, I love DeAndre. I'm a big fan of his. They have not missed a beat with those two guys. McGee is such a high-energy guy. And if Frank Kaminsky's playing the best basketball of his career right now with the Phoenix Suns, coming off the best game of his life. Yeah, that's. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to want to watch the Suns game tonight. I'm not going to lie to you. Frank Kaminsky is becoming a reason to watch the Suns game. Just to see... You know, he's, he's like that guy at the blackjack table who's just every single hit, every single decision. Man, you're just watching him play. Man, he's playing great right now. I want to watch to see what he can do tonight to see if he can follow it up. I do also want to see some of the Suns who haven't gotten off to great starts. Sam Johnson. Sam Johnson in particular yeah. is the one. He's 
really off to a slow start this season. Yeah, you know, he was so good for them last year, and it looked like that role would expand this year. And we've talked about him that, you know, he could play the backup four, you know, and he could play the three and he could play the backup four. But he hasn't really shot the ball very well. He's shooting 33% from the field, 31% from three-point range. And just all of his numbers seem a little bit off. Maybe, you know, maybe like you see McHale. McHale is getting to the basket a lot more. I think that that's what you need to see out of Cam Johnson. Get to the basket a little bit more. Drive, lay a couple in. Don't always, you know, they rely on him for the shooting so much, but sometimes to get that shooting going, you got to drive to the basket. Yeah, so that game is coming up at 6, and I'm just going to tell you right now, we've got a short show because of it. Our pregame coverage for the Suns going to begin in a couple of minutes. Gambo, you get to go home early today. Yeah, but, baby! But it's, it's, it's like, it's like... We're the rest of the world when it comes to Friday. You ever pull into our parking garage on Friday here at the the building? There's, there's no, nobody here. There's nobody here. <laughs> when I pulled, there was literally, we had our parking spots where me and you parked. Uh huh. Three. There was like three cars there. I, I, I know. It's it's like man. Did you notice that when you came in, it was like three cars? Yeah, I did. I, I know. I, I thought this uh-huh. this is a good gig if you work in this building. You don't have to yeah. come in on Friday apparently. Yeah, in radio, if Fridays you're in the, the place is a ghost town. Yep. Uh, we'll see how the other half lives because we're out of here. We'll see you Monday straight up two o'clock. Suns basketball is next here on ninety eight seven FM Arizona Sports. Have a great night, everyone.